Occasionally sitting in church, sitting right about over there, I would find myself in the pew in front of Mary Ellen. And as I listened carefully, I could hear her singing behind me. And I would hear this voice clear and perfect right behind me. And I would just enjoy hearing it so much. Every now and then I would just turn around and smile. And usually I would get tapped on the back with a bulletin when I did that. You're not supposed to look around. And I don't know how many times she had told me over the years, I can't sing anymore. I just don't have my voice anymore. But what amazed me was that never stopped her from singing. She still sang. You can't think of Mary Ellen without thinking of music. So much of who she was and, and what she did was uh, revolved around music and singing. She brought music and life to our church into our whole community through the community choir uh, and to her family. Uh, she knew the power of music and what it does. And so as we talked the other night about what Scripture would be appropriate, I think everyone at once just said something from the psalm. Psalm 23. And it just seemed to be the most appropriate thing to, to build on today. I love the psalms. The psalms are not only beautiful, they are honest. And at times they are gritty. Uh, just like music itself. Like a lot of songs, the Psalms speak from the heart. They express joy to God. But if you listen carefully, they also express disappointment. Uh, and sometimes they even express anger towards God and our lack of understanding of what He is doing in our lives and in our world. But it's like music. Music has a way of taking whatever is inside of us and getting it out and expressing who we are and what we feel. I think Psalm 23 is special 
Because you find something here that you find nowhere else. Something that you can take not just to the grave, but take beyond the grave. There is a hope in the promises that God makes here. And he spells out several of those promises in the words of the psalm. Mary Ellen knew these promises not just because she knew Psalm 23. Not just because she knew the power of music, but because she knew God. And because she knew God, she also knew the promise of God's leading. I've often thought it's, it would be a terrible thing to go through life with no direction, no leading, no idea of where to go and, and no one to show you the way. And so the psalm reminds us that the Lord is our shepherd. We begin in those first verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. He takes us to the green pastures. He takes us to the still waters. He restores our soul. He guides us in His righteousness. God shows us the way. And He does that for His sake because, he, because of His love for us. Mary Ellen knew that. She trusted in her Lord to lead her. And because of that, so many others uh, in her family know the Lord's leading as well. And, and it was nice in the last few days to be able to read through some Facebook posts and get some responses from some of you about uh, how you felt about her and, and what memories you wanted to share. Marilyn posted on Facebook, I'm thankful I was raised by Christian parents who taught me to love the Lord. Mom was my mom, my confidant, and my friend. I was born on her birthday, but she always considered me a gift instead of a burden. It is so fitting that the Lord took her to be with Him on the day when we celebrate the risen Lord. Kayla said she was such an inspiration spiritually to have in my life, and I will aspire to live my life for the Lord as closely as she did. One thing you have to keep in mind as you read Psalm 23 is, it would be a pretty bad shepherd if he had just one sheep. <laughs> you know, sheep come in flocks. Uh, there, there is no shepherd with just one sheep out there. Sheep come in flocks and families and congregations. And Mary Ellen's faith didn't just, didn't just shine in her own life or, or in her own home. It shined for everyone. And you're here today because it shines in you. And her hope was that it would shine in you, especially that it would shine in her family. And if it shines in you, then beyond God's leading, you also know, as Mary Ellen does, the comfort of God's presence in times of trouble. Verse 4 goes on and says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God doesn't promise a trouble-free life. And Mary Ellen knew that. And instead, here He promises that when you go through that valley of the shadow of death, I am there with you. He seems to be saying, my presence is enough. And I've known people in, in hospitals in sickness to read these verses and hold them dear. I, I've seen people go through that valley and emerge on the other side in the arms of their Lord, have, having said and repeated these words. Mary Ellen knew troubles. She buried a husband. She buried a sister. She buried an infant son. She buried two daughters, a son-in-law. And how many other losses were there over 96 years? Friends and, and family that she lost. 
It's so difficult for us to even imagine how many there would have been. I went to see her after Linda died. And, and we sat in her living room and she said, it's a horrible thing to bury your child. And uh, I'm sure we would all agree. And then she, she did it again. There's a saying that I've always thought was very profound. In, in Korea, the Koreans have a saying, when you bury your parents, you bury them in the ground. But when you bury a child, you bury them in your heart. And you carry them with you the rest of your life. How many did Mary Ellen bury? And how many did she carry? How much loss was there? And how much pain? And yet through it all, there was this undying trust in God to see her through. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You notice that verse 4 doesn't give us an alternate route. It's not like our GPS where you can push a button and find a path around it. There is no alternate route in verse 4. You have to go through the valley of the shadow of death. The only way is through, but we go through with a promise that God never leaves our side and that He always brings comfort. And so with that difficult truth comes not just God's presence, but also the peace of God's nurturing. Verse 5 says, You prepare a table before Me in the presence of My enemies. You anoint My head with oil. My cup overflows. I've been told that sheep will not eat if they don't feel safe. And so the shepherd's job is to lead the sheep someplace with those still waters and, and give them a place to graze where, where they feel safe. Grandma must have done a very good job of keeping you safe. Because I think she did a good job of feeding everybody. Uh, when I read those posts on Facebook and a few of the comments that I've gotten over the last few days, there were two themes. Faith and food. If the person didn't tell me about her faith, they told me about her food. Uh, and we know there are a few things as nurturing as a shared meal. It's, and it's not just about the food. It's about what happens around that table. It's about the conversation. It's about the family. It's about the gathering. I think that's why when Jesus calls us to remember Him, He calls us to a common table, to a common meal, and we share that together to remind us that we are one. We are one family. Food has a wonderful way of building memories. Jill remembers malted milk balls in a white candy dish. Lori said Grandma was the best cook. I think we've all agreed on that. Um, and she remembers her noodles. I was told this morning, don't forget the fudge. The fudge was amazing. And then Lori also remembers the chocolate pudding. And one time, she called to get the recipe for the chocolate pudding and Grandma gave it to her. But she forgot one ingredient. It was just flour, so it probably wasn't important. Uh, the... Uh, the chocolate pudding didn't quite turn out right. She may have done that on purpose to keep that to herself. You notice the verse though, it's not just about being fed. He says there in, in the last half of the verse, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. When, when someone would come into your home, people in those days didn't take showers and baths like we do. And so they would anoint with oil to kind of keep the stench down and to, to make everybody feel happy around the common table. He says, you anoint my head with oil. That was about making people feel welcome. The other tradition is, he says, 
my cup overflows. And that was a way, if the, if the master of the house filled your cup to overflowing, it was his way of saying, I want you to stay as long as you want. My home is your home. And God welcomes us by overflowing our cup. Mary Ellen loved her visitors. She loved her company. She loved those daily talks with Jane and with others. I don't know how many times I would hear about who she had talked to this day or that day. She was an important part of the lives of so many and, and she will be missed. The psalm ends with another promise that Mary Ellen carried with her and that is the promise of eternity. You know, the, the psalm does not end with the shepherd leading his sheep away from the valley and away from the enemies. He ends with the sheep being led through the valley, passing through, and it ends with the promise of hope on the other side. Verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because for a Christian, hope is not found on earth. Hope is found in the arms of our Lord. Proverbs 14, verse 32 says, When calamity comes, the wicked are brought down, but even in death the righteous have a refuge. Blake said, some of my fondest memories are spent are spending the night at their houses, getting up for a big breakfast, and reading the Bible and praying before we did anything else. Mary Ellen knew the value of spending time with the Lord, and her singing wasn't just for the sake of singing. It wasn't just because she was blessed with a beautiful voice. Her time in Bible study with the uh, Bible study with the Sunday school classes and and in church, it wasn't just there because. It was something to do or that, that, that it was time to gather. It was more than just the sake of being there. It was an investment, an investment in hope, an investment in promise, an investment in knowing Jesus. This past Sunday morning was Easter. How many Easter cantatas did Mary Ellen sing in? How many times had she sang, Christ the Lord is risen today with those alleluias so perfect? How many times had she sang the words to He lives? You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. And while she wasn't in church Sunday morning, I looked out and over here, I don't know if we could have fit you all in that morning. We would have tried in a crowbar or two and we would have tried to fit everyone in. But over here was that, that legacy of faith family gathered knowing that this is where she'd want them to be. That's what she had sown into you. I love how much of heaven, how so much of heaven seems to revolve around singing. In Revelation, over and over again, we, we hear them singing. Not just singing, but crying out to one another and, and singing out here and singing out there and singing out around the throne. And, and as, you, as you read those passages in Revelation, it's, it's saints, it's elders, and it's these strange beasts, all of them around the throne of the Lamb. And the songs that they sing are both ancient and new at the same time. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. And they sing songs like, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And my faith tells me that there is a new voice added to that choir around the throne. And we look forward to the day when we sing together again. We don't just hold to that day because of the legacy of faith before us. No one gets in. <laughs> no one comes to Christ by saying, my grandma knew you. 
or my great-grandma knew you. No one comes to Christ by saying, Grandma, believe. We come because of what was sown in us becomes our own. It becomes our faith. It becomes our hope. It becomes our promise from our Savior. And Mary Ellen, more than anything else, would want you to know Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, as your friend, as the one who forgives, and as the one who's worth singing about. Let's pray. Father, Your Son Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd, and I know My own, and my, know, my own know Me. We thank You that Mary Ellen knows You, and that You know her. We thank You also that our Good Shepherd has many sheep. I thank You for the sheep found in this family, this legacy of faith, and I ask Your blessing on them in this time of loss. Father, grief, grief comes in waves and, and it comes with the best memories, not the worst. Grief comes on holidays and remembrances. It often seeks to steal our joy. And so in those moments, fill us with your joy. Remind us that just as you walked with Mary Ellen through 96 amazing years, we know that you walk with her through eternity unencumbered by age or sickness or pain. Most of all, Lord, today we thank You for Your Son, Jesus, who opened the way for us to know You. We thank You for the presence of Your Spirit as our comforter. And we ask that You would guide us in Your comfort. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.